Good morning. Good morning. And happy new year. I hadn't seen you guys in a year. That's an old, that's a real bad one. This morning we are going to be talking about, oh yeah, I got to get used to having something in one hand and something in the other. Oh, he spiced my, uh, <laughs> my PowerPoint up. I didn't recognize it. <laughs> he put, like, mine was plain Jane. So I'm going to be a lot surprised as you are when I flash these up. Growing in Christian maturity in 2022. And that's what we're going to be talking about this morning. Is, uh, we're going to be basing our primary scripture in Matthew 28, verses 19-20. But, as an introduction, here we go again. We made promises like we did last year. Our intentions were sincere. Our goals were numerous in size. Our will was set to go. And our hearts were truly committed to the task. But are we making the same mistake again this year? Do we fall into the same trap that we fall into every year by setting up all these goals and plans and, and then all these stumbling blocks in front of us so we won't be successful in making our resolutions, our New Year's resolutions? I was patient. I exerted a lot of energy. I focused on the goals. I was around everywhere I could be to be successful in my 2021 <coughs> resolutions. If I were to ask by show of hands, and I, don't, I won't embarrass any of you, how many reached their 2021 resolutions that they made earlier that year, I'm pretty sure all of them wouldn't go up. And sometimes you might make more than one resolution. But sometimes I think we need to step back and focus in on one resolution. And then we might have some on the side that we can accomplish, but we want something that will make a difference in 2022. You know, and I look back over my life in 2021, and in reality, nothing really changed. You see, did I grow in a manner in which God wanted me to grow? Was he pleased with what I was doing with my life? Did my resolutions coincide with his? Did your resolutions coincide with God's? D did these resolutions coincide with God? I'm going to lose weight. Little or a lot. I won't say the number. I'm going to read the Bible from Genesis to, Revel to Revelation. If you did it, wonderful. But was that God? what God really wanted you to do. How about I'm going to be a more loving person this year as I was last year? I don't know. Did I pray for world peace last year? Some of us did. It's nothing that can be accomplished. What about I pray for that new job? I'm resolved to get that new job, that new dress, that new suit, that new car, that new house that new boat, that new girlfriend, that new boyfriend, marriage. 
divorce, remarriage, all these resolutions. And one of our biggest resolutions last year was, I just hope I don't get COVID-19. Some were resolved, some got it, some didn't. But what was that God really wanted us to be resolving in our lives? Was that God's plan for you in 2021? Are you going to make the same mistake in 2022 by picking up some goals that are contrary to God's? Are you resolved to sowing the seeds of the kingdom, brother, by repeating the old ones that you made last year? By following our own desires? What is the definition of insanity? We all know doing the same thing over and over again and expecting different results. Are you looking for different results this year? We gotta make some changes in our lives. Matthew 28, it's on the screen. And in this lesson, we're gonna be looking at a lot of scripture. Because the things that I might say, you might not agree with, there's not that many, but see, I won't care because I'll be reading it from the Bible. So you'll be mad, you'll be mad at God, not me. See, I got that off my chest, so we have a lot of scripture. And this is the reason why we use scripture in making our goals and setting our goals is that that is the guide that we should follow. Why not listen to what God has to say this time and follow his word and be successful in 2022. Our number one resolution this year should be to do our part in growing in Christian maturity in the kingdom of God, that is the church, and bringing others to Christ along the way. Now, if we can put that as a goal for this year, is myself growing in Christian maturity, and we're going to be talking about how to grow in Christian maturity in the rest of this lesson. If I can do that and bring others to Christ along the way, that'll be a good resolution for 2022. And I'd like for you to consider that as a main thing for your life this year. You don't have to use it, but think about it. Because in Matthew 28, it tells us, the question is whether we're going to be willing to do this this year or not. Then Jesus came to them and said, All authority in heaven and earth has been given to me. Therefore, go and make disciples of all nations, baptizing them in the name of the Father, the Son, and the Holy Spirit, and teaching them to do all that I have asked you to do. And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. The New Testament has given us many scriptures and examples to follow. In 2 Peter, you can read, this is taking away all of our excuses. Chapter 3 and verse 3, which states, His divine power has given us Christians everything we need for a godly life through our knowledge of him who called us by his own glory and his own goodness. Doing our part 
It's what we have to resolve in our minds this year, what we have to do. God has done his part. He has set the plan in motion. He's given us the directions. And God has given us, through his son Jesus, some tools that will help us accomplish this major goal of growing as a Christian and bringing others to Christ. Here are four tools of success that Jesus has given us. And they are our ability, knowledge, strength, and opportunity. I would use book, chapter, and verse, as they would say, to kind of go through each one of these and give us a better understanding of why Jesus did this and how we can use these four steps to apply to everything we do in our Christian life this year and in our social lives also. Our ability. Matthew 25, 15. To one, who gave five, to one he gave five bags of gold, to another two bags, and to another one bag, each according to his ability. Then he went on his journey. John F. Kennedy, John Fitzgerald Kennedy said, ask not what your country can do for you, but ask what you can do for your country. A lot of us older ones remember that quote very clearly. In Jesus' own words, he has told us the level of our abilities, and each one of us has and is expected to use to expand his kingdom. Have you been given five bags of gold? Have you been given two bags of gold? Or have you been given one bag of gold? And what are you going to do with it this year? God has given us that ability to do those things. And God will ask us as he goes on his journey and when he returns, what have you done in return? The servant. In Luke 12, 40, I'm sorry, knowledge. I, I'm going to have to tell you something. When he put this beautiful PowerPoint together, I'm looking at the top of the page for my title. Well, what he put it as a subtitle, and it's at the bottom of the page. And now that threw me off. I said, what? What am I talking about? It's talking about knowledge. I thank you, Jim. I see what you've done. I really appreciate it now. Now I can get back on schedule. The second tool that Jesus had given us is knowledge. And the scripture tells us, the servant who knows the master's will and does not get ready to do it, what the master wants us to do will be beaten with many blows in James 4, 17. If anyone then knows the good they ought to do and doesn't do it, it is sin to him. Jesus has kept no secrets and did keep no secrets from his apostles. He left them with the Holy Spirit to guide them in all truth and knowledge. Then they left with us the scriptures the Holy Bible, that we might have the knowledge to do what is required of us. I don't know how there is no excuse and not found in Jesus' commandment. In other words, we will not be able to stand before the Lord and say, 
I didn't know. I don't know. No one told me. Because he said, I've given you everything you need to know, the knowledge in the scriptures. Strength. Strength. This is the third tool from Jesus. In Romans 15.1, we who are strong are to bear the failings of the weak and not to please ourselves. If anyone asks in 4 Peter, Peter 4.11, if anyone should speak, they should do so as one who speaks with the very words of God. If anyone serves, he should do so with the strength of God that God provides. That in all things, God has praised, God has praised through Jesus Christ. To him be the glory and all power forever and ever. Amen. In Psalms, there was a scripture that says, I will lift up my eyes into the hills, which cometh my help. And my help cometh from the Lord, who made heaven and earth. Help, in this case, is talking about strength. God has given us the strength and the motivation and the courage to do whatever is necessary. If you can't imagine yourself as a champion of righteousness after listening to those scriptures about being strong and, strength and strengthened by the word, you need to be encouraged to do a little bit more study. God has more confidence in you than you have in yourself sometimes. You have the Holy Spirit working in you, and you have to trust and use the tools that God has given us. Use knowledge from his word to strengthen you. The fourth tool in the box is opportunity. The scripture says, therefore, as we ask, as we have opportunity, let us do good to all people, especially to those who belong to the family of believers. In Philippians 4.10, I rejoice greatly in the Lord that at last you renewed your concern for me. Indeed, you were concerned, but had no opportunity to show it. The tool of opportunity is given to us every waking moment in our lives. When we get up in the morning, God gives us an opportunity to share the gospel. We have the opportunity to grow in the church. We have the opportunity to grow the church both inside and out. When we stand before the Lord in judgment, he will show us every opportunity he has given us to do his will, and there will be no excuses for it. These tools will help us succeed in our solutions, resolutions to grow ourselves and the kingdom if we apply them and use them. Ability, knowledge, strength, and opportunity. Those four tools can be used in developing our Christian maturity this year in 2022. We need to recognize our opportunities. Opportunities can stand before us. Opportunity can be behind us. Opportunities are everywhere. And what resolutions do you have an opportunity to take part in? And the first one is work in the church, or working on the church, and works of the church. 
you have an opportunity to do a lot of things within this congregation. The scripture tells us it's like a man going away. He leaves his house and puts his servants in charge, each with their assigned task, and tells the one at the door to keep watch. Mark 13, 34. This is the greatest opportunity we have. Of all the opportunities there are in this scripture, who has the most important one? Which one is the most important task? Is it the one standing at the door waiting? Is it the one inside making the meal for the master to return? Is it the one that's sweeping the floor and moving all the chairs around? Is it the one paying the bills? What task is the most important? I think every one of the tasks are important. Every task in this congregation, even passing out the papers to the lessons by someone in the auditorium is important. God wants you to find a place so you can work within the church. That is a resolution you should make. Why? Because God said you can do it. God said whether you are standing by the door or in the house preparing a meal, each job is important. And Jesus knows and expects you to perform your task until he returns. So the guy standing at the door will be able to announce, well done. Just whenever you think you can, just doing whatever you can within the congregation by attending worship service is important. You are doing the work of the church by obeying the scripture not to forsake the assembly. People are encouraged when they look across the auditorium and see others who believe what they believe sitting and singing the songs of praises to God also. That's a work that you can do. If you look around, there can be found many examples of Christians just doing those things. Another opportunity to serve, giving. In Acts 11:29, the disciples, each as one has and able, decide to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. In 1 Corinthians 16:2, on the first day of the week, on the first day of each and every week, each one of you should eat, set aside a sum of money in keeping with your income, saving it up so that when I come, no collections will be have to be made. What is Paul saying? He's saying, if you got a lot of money, give a lot of money. If you have a little money, give what you have from what you have. You know, God knows what you have. God knows that. You know why? Because he gave it to you from his bounty. He knows what you have to manage your life. So, we are to give joyfully and not grumblingly. I think that's a word, grumblingly. We should give 
thoughtfully and not unthoughtfully. It has been said if tithing were a part of the New Testament church, that the churches of Christ would probably be richer than all the denominations, and no missionary or preacher would go without pay. Just think about it. If we were to give 10% of what our incomes, as they did, in which the Jews gave a lot more in the Old Testament, can you imagine what those numbers would look like? Only you can do that in your head, but we can do it as a group. God expects you to give as he has prospered you. And that's a work that you can do. And that could be a goal, that could be a resolution that I'm going to do, be a better giver this year. Be a good influence. Being a good influence is something you can do. In Matthew 16, 5, 16, in the same way, let your light so shine before men that they may see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. It has been said over and over, that you might be the only Bible that someone might see and that might turn their hearts to God. Your good habits and your good deeds will have a positive effect and influence on young and old as you pass through this life. Remember, you have the ability, you have the knowledge, you have the strength, and God has given you the opportunity that will always work in every case. How about teaching? Teaching and saving others. These are ideas that have been thrown around and I hope you can find something that might be able to help you. I'd like to read Acts 4, 8, 4. Those who have been scattered preached the word wherever they went. Acts 16, 17. She followed Paul and the rest of us shouting, these men are servants of the Most High God who are telling you the way to be saved. Teaching and saving others. I gotta embarrass Jacob, where is he hiding? There he is. He stepped out and stepped up and said, I wanna be a teacher. He had never taught before. And my wife says, okay, I'll, you can come co-teach with me. But this morning he taught the class, didn't you? all by himself. He's a big boy now. Growing in Christian maturity, that's what we're saying. You've got to step out and take a chance. You've got to want to learn to pick up a new habit. And one of the habits might be teaching. And the other habit just might be doing a Bible study. Sometimes you can just go with someone who's teaching and be a silent partner. In other words, well, I used to call it moron support, but moral support. Sometimes if you say too much, it's moron support. You say a little, that's moral support. But God needs people to be there when others are teaching. Everyone cannot teach, and everyone should not teach, and everybody shouldn't preach either, because this is not what I want to do for a living. I pray that we have Dave here as quick as possible, because this is uncomfortable just to do this every Sunday. But men are cut out for that. And I'm glad they are. But wherever you go, you can tell the story of your own way to salvation. That's bringing the lesson. How I became a Christian. Use that 
That's your story. If you can't teach, call somebody who can and bring them along with you. Because of your influence with other people, you can bring strangers in to teach others. Don't underestimate your influence in teaching. You know, we ought to shout out every day that we are the people who have the words of salvation. We ought to teach and we ought to preach. Sometimes you can just be an encourager. An encourager. Acts 18.27. When Apollos wanted to go to Achaia, the brothers and sisters encouraged him and wrote to the disciples there in his there to welcome him. When he arrived, he was a great help to those who by grace had believed, that is the Christians. In Acts 27, 22, but now I urge you to keep up your courage because not one of you will be lost, only the ship will be destroyed. That's when Paul was on his way to Rome and he was in a storm and the ship was being torn apart and the angel of the Lord told him, don't worry no one, no one will die if everyone stays on the ship. So Paul was an encouragement to those who were on the ship with him who were thinking they would die. We can be an encouragement. In good times and bad times, encouragement is needed by all. Paul understood that, and so should we. We need cheerleaders on the sidelines of life to sing praises to those on the battlefield of the ministry. We need people cheering us on. My granddaughter is a cheerleader. They love cheering and encouraging. And so does a little friend that she brought with her to worship. She's an encouragement to this young lady. And we hope her parents next. A smile, a hug, a handshake can go a long way in helping a brother and sister in Christ in a time of need. You don't have to be anything monumental. Just saying, hey, how you doing? Phone call, hey, want to talk? God expects us to encourage others, and we should. For forgiving. Why is forgiving something that we should put down as an opportunity? Because it's hard. Matthew 18, 35. This is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother and sister from the heart. Showing how to be a healing influence and being a common influence takes a lot of skill and wisdom. Teaching others how to forgive each other is difficult. But the most difficult thing is to forgive ourselves when we've asked God to forgive us. That irritates God more than anything else, I think. You come to him and say, dear Father, please forgive me for my sin, that I blah, 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 blah. And God says, okay, it's done. And what do you do? Well, I hope I don't have to do it. And you bring that sin right back up again. We do it so unnaturally, but it's natural. We have to be an encourager. We have to be able to forgive others and show how to be forgiven. And by the way, we should accept forgiveness when it's asked of us. 
because God has forgiven us. Visitation, hospitality. We just left the season of Christmas, but it did uh, give us an opportunity to visit some people we would not have seen all year. It did. I need clothing, and you clothed me. I was sick. You looked after me. I was in prison, and you came to visit me. And James said, religion that our Father accepts as pure and faultless is this, to look after orphans, widows, and their distress, and to keep oneself from being polluted by the world. We do this very well at Lincoln Park. Lifeline of hope. By the way, don't forget to give her her money. But we take care of the people who are in need. And you take care of them by the money that you contribute. That's why giving is so important. And Tyler made a good point of that this morning. But as elders, uh, this is one of our greatest challenge, knowing that you are our sheep under our care. And our focal point is on you. We will be held accountable for your souls. We will be responsible for your lives. And we hope and pray that you will cooperate, cooperate. Because as you communicate with us, we can help you. Facebook is a nice platform, but it is not necessarily scriptural. The scriptures tell us in James 5.14 to call the elders when you need prayer and help. Yes, you can put out on Facebook that you need prayer and help. But let us know first if you can. It's so important so we can be there for you. We can visit for you. Brother Ron and Alexander mentioned to me just before services that he will be seeing a doctor this week and seeing a cardiologist next week. Now, he could have posted that on Facebook, but he did. He came to me and said, I'd like for you to let the congregation know we need our prayers. And we do. And we will pray for him. Be hospitable. Continue to do the things you're doing. But this is an opportunity God has given us. God has given us the opportunity to defend us the gospel. In Philippians 1.15, it says, 1.16, it says, the latter do so out of love, knowing that I am put here for the defense of the gospel. In 2 Timothy 4.16, it says, in my first defense, no one came to my support, but everyone deserted me may it not be held against you. We talked about in Sunday school this morning about our main purpose on this earth is to defend the gospel. We have to make every effort to make ourselves knowledgeable enough to defend what we believe and why we stand for things and why we do things. God wants us to be able defend the gospel that leads us to heaven. We have a responsibility. In Romans 14, 12, so then each of us will give an account of ourselves to God. Galatians 6, 5, 
but each one of us should carry their own load. God also gives us warnings. He encourages us, he encourages us, he gives us all that we need, but he also warns us there will be a day of accounting. It is one of the biggest misconceptions, and not necessarily wrong, that the judgment, who is the judgment for? The judgment will not be just for the people who are not godly people, because they're judged already. It'll be for us. God is going to evaluate who we are and what we did. The book of life will be open to see if our names are in there. So we have a responsibility to look back on all these items that I've kind of talked about and give, given you an opportunity <coughs> to do God's will in 2022. And the scriptures speak for themselves. We have our marching orders. Be ready to give an account of your actions and your inactions. It's a frightening thing to stand in the presence of the Lord, but it's a joyous thing to stand in front of the Lord, confident that you've done his will. Why do people not do what they're supposed to do? Why don't, why, why don't people do their part? Uh, this is not me speaking, this is the scripture speaking. Some are lazy. Some are ignorant. Some are indifferent. Some have selfish interests. And some are proud. Those scriptures can be given to you at any time. But God wants us to know there's accountability for all the things that we don't do. And you might find yourself in those lists somewhere. If you are, get out of it in 2022. Why should I do my part to imitate Christ? We ought to be like him. Why should I do our part? We should imitate the early Christians. Do what they did. Why should we do our part? Because we'll be condemned if we don't. Why should we do our part? So we can be happy and we can glorify God. As I conclude this lesson, we have to do, we have to do our part in the, if the gospel is to be continually spread throughout the world. God has done his part and his will will be done whether or not you lift one finger or not. God's promises never fail. So when you plan 2022 this year, make sure you include God. Make sure you put him number one in your lives. Make sure you find something you can do or ask someone to help you find something to do. There are many lists that are not filled out in the back of the auditorium. There are many functions that can be done. But please, don't go throughout this year leaving the church in need of support from its members. 
Your New Year's resolution doesn't mean a thing if you're not, if you have not become a child of God. All the resolutions in the world doesn't mean a thing if you're not a child of God. All good intentions are made void as far as God is concerned. He knows you not, as the scripture says. Everyone who comes to him through his son, he sees and hears. So let's get the first thing out of the way this year and ask if there's anyone in this auditorium who needs to put on Christ in baptism, do so. Start off the new year right. Grow in Christianity. Be a child of God. And all your efforts that you put together this year will be to the glory of God. And secondly, if those are if there are anyone in this auditorium are in the audience that need prayers of comfort and prayers of encouragement, you can come also because this is the place that it should be done. At this time, we'll ask Chuck to come and lead us in a word of invitation. Would you stand, please, for the song?